seven pounds. Treading water that they drown. I head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. As you can see underneath, my name is not Dynasty Dad today. It's 7 and 0, like, whoa. You know, Smash Accept League, guys, somebody's got to come in here. You know, I, 7 and 0 is, is, is a nice little start. You know, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about my Braves being in the World Series. And, guys, you know, with when we had traditional series, traditional playoffs where teams started, this would be the halfway point in the season. So we got a lot to talk about. But what we're going to do tonight is we're getting a lot of questions of everybody's top five, right? There's been some movers, some shakers. We're all about halfway through the season, and we got to talk about some of these guys as far as dynasty rankings, as far as what these guys are worth. And who better to do that than the guys? Smash Except Crew. You know, we got Mung and John both on today. Mung, how you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? You guys can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Uh, you know, 7-0 and is, is pretty good, but some might say that it's possible to peak too soon. So I, I <laughs> is, feel like Is I'm that a still... knock on my age or is that a knock on my team? I might have peaked in my 20s, you know? But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm clawing at, what, I think 4-3, and three, uh, I believe. Um, so I, I think I'm still on the upwards trajectory, so... That win probability where, you know, you're at the 99 and 1, and then who knows? Maybe you might be the Falcons. There you go. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's funny is, like I said, we had, when it was Dynasty Refinery, we had two listener leagues. I won them both. Jared was almost dead last in both. So it's nice that all three of us are up near the top. Mr. Top Point Getter, you know, I know you're still slighted on that one loss there, John, but John's been absolutely killing it. High points, five out of seven weeks. Gotta Gotta love this start. What's up, big dogs? I just had uh, three shots of Hennessy before the show. <laughs> one for me, one for Dad, and one for Mung over here. Um, no, but hey, you know, celebrating. I six and one. You know, I had the one-off week, Dad, but uh, I think we kind of know who's been the most dominant team overall. Five of the seven weeks, top top score in the league. So I'm feeling pretty good. But yeah, uh, you know, I, there's already a revenge script that I'm forming in my mind when I when I hopefully play dad in the playoffs and take him out. There you go. And you also got to give a shout out to at fantasy hacker. He's made 746 <laughs> trades in this league so far. Incredible, Dude is a maniac. Keep doing your thing, man. Keep doing your thing. Um, so let, let's jump right into this. I mean, you know, th- this has been a crazy season like every other NFL season. And let's talk about the running backs. Cause there's been a lot of debate. We've talked about it, you know, possibly drafting wide receiver early. Um, I still have Christian McCaffrey as my number one overall dynasty running back. He's 25 years old. You know, if we look at Mike Clay, he has him at 25 years old and three three months. So he's still in his prime. I know the injuries are a bit of concern, but when that guy's on the field, it's a lock, right? I mean, we're going to debate between him and two other guys here a little bit, but when he's out there, he's the ceiling that those guys are shooting for, right? I mean, he is a lock in, in points per carry and full PPR. He's a lock for 30 points every single week he's out there. And, you know, that Carolina offense is totally missing him out there. But when he's there and it looks like we're looking at maybe week 10, week 11, he's going to be back. I think we have a buy window here on Christian McCaffrey that we're not going to have for a while. You know, I feel like I've, I've kicked some offers out. I offered Antonio Gibson in a first. You know, I've offered some younger players out there in a first to try to go get Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I'm, the next two guys we're going to talk about, I'm going to say, are they're almost in that same value. But guys, talk to me about who your dynasty one is and p- potentially why b- going into the season, nobody debated, right? It was Christian McCaffrey. Hands down, he was the guy. We're not even going to question it at all. But now, another injury here when we have to at least think about it, John. Yeah, you really do. You really do. We all wondered if that workload that he had would would eventually catch up to him. And it it started to creep into a lot of dynasty managers' heads, certainly mine as well. And and look, I mean, when he's on the field, he, he, he really is incredible to watch and He's kind of next level when he, in terms of how much he, points he can put up per game. I just kind of wonder, though, are they going to need to adjust that workload 
Chuba is slowly kind of establishing himself. They signed him through 25. So they, they need this guy to perform for them over the next few seasons. And so you could see that workload kind of on a steady decline. I mean, we'll have to see, maybe they don't. And then, you know, you also kind of wondering what, what the heck is going on with Sam Darnold right now. I'm um, seeing ghosts again. Uh, so just, just a little, just a little bit, a little bit of doubt that, um, is in my mind to the point where I've now been putting Jonathan Taylor on the top spot. I just have such a love for this guy. I think it is worth something that he's, you know, coming in at 22. Before you go into Taylor, is this, is this a buy window for Christian McCaffrey? I mean, I'm risk. I I, I jump in. I, I'm all in. I gotta be honest. I have him on seven dynasty Mm -hmm. rosters right now. Mm -hmm. He does not look sexy on the IR spot. You know, I mean, yeah. and I have in the back of my mind where the teams that were in the championship last year, he was not available, and and that came back to bite me in a lot of spots. I mean, so is this a yeah. buy window, or is this when he comes back, this is a sell window? I mean, I know we can look at this one of two ways, where we can say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm buying Christian McCaffrey now, but when he yeah. comes back and he has two straight monster games, then do we flip him for one of these guys we're going to talk about in a little bit? I mean, is it the time to move? Yeah, I know we got to look at our rosters here, but talk to me a little bit about the value here, yeah. guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll channel Mung for a minute, but it all—it's going to definitely depend on the deal. Um, I think that there's certainly things you could justify buying or selling CMC. I do think it's a buy window right now, and if you could get him for, let's say, less than three firsts, I think you have to do that. If you can pick up one of these other guys that we're going to talk about in our top five and a first. You, you probably need to consider that as well, though, if you're considering moving him, right? And so that's the kind of that's why we cover a lot of this stuff, so you can kind of see. You you got to get another premium asset, and in mm-hmm. my mind, you probably need another premium running back asset because they're yeah. so hard to come by. That's typically what I would be looking for, and so we'll unpack that. But Mung, what do, what are you thinking here? The other thing is, I think Chuba has to be involved in the deal, right? I mean, if yeah. I, if someone sure. has him, that has to be in there, and you have to be a spot where you think you can put yourself right over, on. Mung. Take us away with this one. Yeah, look, I have Taylor at one as of right now, but there's an argument for Christian McCaffrey, and I think there's an argument for seven or eight different players, right? In the middle of football season is when a lot of things are fluid because it really depends on your record, um, whether you're contending and rebuilding, and if you're contending, even what your current record is because if you're you know, two and five with a good team, with McCaffrey, then it might be, it might be time to sell because yeah. you need running back help over the next week or two to make sure that you can get to the playoffs, right? But if you're, you know, like you are, Mike, seven and zero or six and one, five and two, where you're fairly certain that you're going to make the playoffs, then yeah, you can still trade for McCaffrey, and you know, it, it's really tough because it might be a cop out because Taylor Swift. Barkley, I mean, McCaffrey, Zeke, Henry, Cook, Kamara, Najee Harris. Like, there's an argument for all these guys based on their ages. And the primary reason why I have Taylor, Barkley, and Swift ahead of McCaffrey right now is really just the insulated value that these guys hold due Mm -hmm. to their age. Because, yeah, I think McCaffrey's going to be fine, right? I'm not too concerned long-term about his workload or ability to stay healthy but the perception of his value is already shifting. So if he does miss even another two weeks, you know, after he comes back with a different injury, then his value just might be shot for a good while um, just because of the perception that he's quote unquote injury prone, whether or not that's true. Yeah. One thing to look at with age, I mean, right now I have Mike Clay's top 240 up and I have the ages on there. Sometimes the perception is Saquon's so much younger than, than Saquon or than, than McCaffrey and, it's nine months, you know, and depending on when you look at it, I know we sometimes look at those things. I mean, Najee came in a little bit later, so he's, uh, he's older than some of these guys. The biggest takeaway I have from what you said, and, and it was something that I really wanted to talk on, is, you know, rankings is a very fluid system, right? Like, we're in the middle of the season, and that was a great point. Right now, you better believe I've been making offers for Christian McCaffrey, and Swamp Donkeys is like, it's not happening, right? But, I mean, if I'm three and four, I'm not doing it because – I can't move a premium asset, let's say on my team is Aaron Jones, I can't move Aaron Jones plus to get Christian McCaffrey and potentially lose my next two weeks and put myself in a deficit where we talked about, you know, two weeks ago where your percentages are. You know, if you're six and one 
you have a 98% chance of making the playoffs at this point, you know, and that's where it's at. If you're three and four, we figured out that was almost down to, you know, 18%, you know, so you have your percentages are not smooth. If you're working in that way, the next guy we got to talk about is obviously Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I've absolutely loved Jonathan Taylor. He's 22 years old right now. You know, he is the RB three, 579 yards, five touchdowns, 18 receptions, which is a nice addition there from last year. And, you know, over the last, I believe, three weeks, he's been the RB2, and he's got a schedule that's coming up that's juicy like last year. You know, he gets Jacksonville. He gets some really cushion-type moves where Jonathan Taylor, this is your point here. You know, if you can get McCaffrey plus for Taylor, which I don't know how many leagues that's even an option, you go do it. You get younger. You get the same value because Jonathan Taylor is absolutely killing it, guys. Yeah, I looked at the stats. I mean, he's got close to 800 yards and six touchdowns through the seven weeks. Yeah. And we talked about this on last week's pod, but I'll say it again. I mean, the the knock on it, I think one of the things that was holding him back from that top spot was maybe the workload. He wasn't getting really the same type of bell cow workload that you saw with CMC. But again, what I'm starting to realize is that actually really helps his longevity. You know, okay, 21 touches this past game. Cool. He's got like incredible athleticism that just jumps off the, the charts and the talent is going to get him those big plays. They're using him in the red zone. That six touchdowns, it's it's crazy. It could have been easily 10 yeah. at this point in the season. He's had so many carries um, in red zone. You just look at just about any kind of metric on JT and, it, and you love to see it. And so that's, that's some of the reason I have. I think that um, what we've seen is, they, they, they are going to move on from Mac and Naheem Hines really hasn't been that much of a factor either. And, and those quality touches that you really want to see when it counts are going to JT. So um, at, at 22, I just love, love the, the longevity and future of this guy. Marlon Mack's a great guy to bring up because he's someone that I'm yep. trying to get thrown into my trades right now because there there's there's players, there's, there's teams, San Francisco. A lot of teams have kicked the tires on what is, what's it going to take to get – Marlon Mack, you know, and we, we've seen what he's been able to do. I re- I'm really eager for my Cam Akers shares to see what Marlon Mack can actually do coming off that Achilles injury. After this year, if McCaffrey doesn't come out and he doesn't ball out in the second half, it's a 1A, 1B with, with Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift. Both of them 22 years old. Swift is on pace for over 100 receptions, and that's the biggest difference there is, you know, he's only got 260 rushing yards. He's not really been super effective there, but he's got 391 receiving yards, 42 touchdowns, or 42 touchdowns. That would be fantastic. 42 receptions. You know, that's more a Derrick Henry type status if we're talking that many touchdowns. These guys are the guys that you want. These are the guys that, you know, I got in first and second round in Smash Except Listener League 2. Um, both of these guys, you can't go wrong. I mean, I know, Mung, in the beginning, Swift wasn't necessarily someone that you were necess- believing in. Have you seen enough from him now that you're like, I think this is this is a guy that we definitely got to have up in this range? Yeah, I definitely faded him in my redraft rankings. Uh, I was a little bit concerned about that groin injury, how he pretty much didn't practice uh, the entire preseason, but clearly we're seeing that that's not really affecting him much at all. Um, He's been very efficient as a receiver. And and really, I mean, Taylor and Swift are both good in their own ways, right? Taylor comps a little bit more to that Zeke type where he can make those tough runs and then he'll catch a few passes here and there. And then Swift is really just racking up that PPR volume, and then he's getting the yards after catch as well. So, you know, these guys, both 22 years old, and that's just why I have them ahead of some of the older workhorses at this point. Because, like I said, you know, Taylor or Swift, they could tear an ACL, knock on wood that they won't, but they could do that, and their value is still going to be a a top-five dynasty running back. But when you're talking about a 25- or 26-year-old, McCaffrey or Zeke or Derrick Henry, and they go down with a season-ending injury, then their value all of a sudden plummets for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and you have that in your ranks, and I love your tiers. You got Taylor and Swift in one, and then you got you, you got that same group of guys, right? You got Henry, McCaffrey, Elliott, Kamara, Cook, all those same age brackets. You have Derrick Henry in, as, as your third highest. John and I almost shame on both of us for not having him in our top five. I mean, we had a whole episode last week dropping the Derrick Henry memes. We talked about him, you know, enough. Then you have both Zeke and and Kamara and Cook 
above you know above one of the younger guys we're going to talk about. John, you have Cook. I have Najee Harris as my four, you know, and I have Dalvin as my five. So why don't we talk here a little bit about the guys that are right off the bat? I mean, let's talk a little bit about Zeke and Dalvin. You know, we've seen fantastic things for both of them this year. You know, Zeke's over 500 rushing yards, five touchdowns, only 100 receiving yards, but I mean, he's still catching the ball at 16. And then, you know, we got to look at um, what Dalvin's been able to do. And he's been injured, but when he's out there, I mean, he's arguably right now with with Christian McCaffrey out the best running back, you know, in football. Sometimes him and him and Derrick Henry. Talk to me about these two guys, and I mean, or what what we're able to see from a dynasty perspective. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue against Derrick Henry at this point, right? Because it's just I was someone who faded him a little bit this preseason. And he just is crushing it. And there's no other way to put it. Uh, he doesn't look like he's going to slow down anytime soon. Um, so it's just hard to rank him outside the top five. And then I actually have Barkley high. I, I think I left yeah. him off of my text to you. But I've got him at two in that same tier as Taylor and Swift. Because, like I said, I think we talked about this last week, too, on last week's show, where it's it's an ankle sprain, guys. Like, it's a yeah. low ankle sprain, not a, not a soft tissue injury that's going to be recurring you know like a hamstring a calf something like that i think that barkley is going to absolutely crush it over the second half of the season so if anything i think he's he's a huge buy low as well well and he's had those two games before the injury where he put up over 20 fantasy points in back to back and he was getting some of that rust off john you love dalvin cook i know you have him right there above harris You can't argue that the what what Harris has been able to do behind a mm-hmm. horrible offensive line, but that's a lot of usage there. Any any fear at all with Dalvin Cook, you know, injury history mm-hmm. as well and age, where yeah. you know we got to start thinking those ways a little bit. Yeah, you really got to factor all that in. And the the one thing I will say is, I think out of pure fear of Derrick Henry, I'm I, he's back in my top five. Derek right? Henry like Waldo, you you got to start hiding. You know, <laughs> he doesn't sleep; he waits. So. <laughs> The one thing I will say that just gives me a little bit of pause long-term. I mean, I love having him in, in my Smash League. Any any team competing, he's who you want right now. And so I could see putting him in the top five. The other thing to look at, though, is contracts and just what what do we think is going to happen beyond his, his current contract. He's signed through 23 right now, unrestricted free agent in 24. All these other guys that we've talked about are signed out through 25. And that does include Dalvin Cook who, you know, at the age of 26 um, is getting up there a little bit more versus like JT and Swift, but he still has that overall skill set. He's just so explosive. He, he's, he's got a bell cow workload, including in the passing game. I do kind of wonder what what's going to happen with Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota offense just a bit. But I, I really still like Dalvin Cook's overall talent and skill set and, and workload. And again, the contract is there too. So mm-hmm. you feel pretty comfortable having him over the next three to four seasons, putting up pretty, pretty solid weekly numbers. And so that's one of the reasons that I still have him as high as I do. Uh, you asked about Najee though, and we should, we should talk about Najee because my gosh, the workload is, is again, what everybody loves to see. I think I, 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 for some reason, I thought they would at least mix in the other guys, like from time to <laughs> Occasionally. time. Occasionally. Like you would think. Tomlin, but uh, it, it, he's just the offense. Yeah. The, the, one, the one thing that you, you just you, you worry about is what the defense is totally keying in on him, and you look at his some of his metrics right now. It does just give me a little bit of pause, right? I mean, the yards per carry and per touch type stuff is – not not super exciting, but again, with the volume, it, it all evens out. And uh, again, you also mentioned he is 23, so he's actually older than JT and Swift. And yeah. um, I think that workload could catch up with him, like we've been talking about, right? Let's let's kind of come back to some of these themes. And so those are some of the things that I'm watching very closely. But the talent, the workload, it's all there for Najee. And I can absolutely understand having him in the top five. 
Yeah, and that's why doing this at this point in the year is kind of fun. You know, it's, it's yeah, kind of open ended. You can kind sure. of wherever your direction is. You know, if you're out of it, you know, you can make certain make moves in a certain way. If you're in it, make moves certain way. The guy that we all this is the only you know one where we've we're unanimous across the board. We all have our wide receiver one now is Jamar Chase. You know, we were flirting with it for a while. We were all on the fence, and then the dude comes out for eight and over 200 yards. Now he has 35 receptions, 754 and six, 754 yards in seven games. Never been done. You know, and, and if you went out there and you bought him at that buy low window when he was dropping passes in camp, good for you. You know, we were on board. We were talking about it, you know, all off season. This is the guy you want, you know, between him and, and Jefferson were saying, the, and when they were at LSU together, Jamar Chase was a better player, and I, Mung and I both have Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson as our one and two in Dynasty as, as your wide receivers. I mean, you look at Jamar Chase is just 21 years old, Justin Jefferson, 22 years old. I mean, the future is bright for these two LSU stars, and I, I have a couple rosters where I have both of them, and it just feels fantastic. Mung, you know, this is, we were telling everybody when they were talking about the drops, you got to keep Jamar Chase. You got to be patient. You got to understand this. And there were some people that just jumped ship. I mean, I I, I saw a couple leagues where people were like, "I'm going to go get Devonta Smith in a third for Chase because I'm scared about this." If you did that, whoo, that's got to sting because that's not a one year thing. This is dynasty. You're going to feel that for a while. Yeah, and I know we're moving on to wide receivers, but real quick uh, before we finish our running back conversation, a name that we didn't really talk about too, Austin Eckler belongs in that top tier, in that top 10 conversation, potentially top five, because he's the same age as, you know, a Zeke or a McCaffrey, and his new role where he's still getting those receptions, but now he's involved in the red zone and near the goal line, you know, that that's another offense that's quickly rising, so... Um, just wanted to make sure we didn't forget about Mr. Austin Eckler there. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's all about the young guys at wide receiver, right? That's how it's always been in Dynasty because we've seen just a, a huge glut of injuries at the running back position. Um, but it, it's hard to argue against Jamar Chase at this point. You know, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown, and Tyree Kill are still up there in that top tier alongside him for me. Yeah, and, and I mean, can you really take – this, this is the hardest part for me with my rankings. It's take a guy who has 52 receptions, 744 yards, and is clearly just on one of the most explosive offenses, and take Devontae Adams and just push him out. You know, like we're seeing him in that four, five, six range, and it's like, I feel like when you do rankings, it's like you get excited about the new guys, but man, having Devontae Adams on your team, having Tyreek Hill on your team right now, it, those those are total difference makers, you know, and this is kind of what we've been talking about is is it, it's all dependent on where you're at. But man, I have Adams on almost every dynasty team. I know he's got, you know, potentially might miss this week because of COVID. But if it was Sunday, I think he'd bounce back. Those guys, it's hard to bump them down anywhere past three for me. I actually have Adams uh, a little bit lower because I think there's a lot of risk there without knowing where Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing next year and where Adams himself is going to be playing next year. Now, maybe they work something out where they both try and go to the same team, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's about getting that paycheck and, you know, getting your money for your family going forward. So I I don't know if Adams is going to be quite so dominant without Rodgers. He's obviously still going to be very good, can crack the wide receiver one, production oh, sure. but just you know the risk is there that he's not going to be elite a year from now oh i get it we, and we all have we almost have identical top fives i mean we all have adams in that three four five range and you know and there's some guys creeping up in there um john i mean between adams and hill you know and, and that's mm-hmm. the difference maker there you have hill higher i think we yeah. all have hill slightly higher because he's tied to mahomes and he's going to be there but man the, this is a ride that if you have both these guys i mean you're just riding it right now. Oh, yeah. I I mean, the, the chase thing, first of all, is just so gratifying on so many levels because I just loaded up with him in rookie drafts and actually gambled, took him ahead of some, some even some of the QBs in Superplex drafts and to see what he's doing, especially after – and we all just had like maybe just a little bit of doubt because – you know, we're, we're on Twitter. We're seeing all the, the mm-hmm. hate that was coming in. And thankfully, I mean, on this pod, to your point, 
that. I mean, we talked about it multiple times. We talked about not not panicking on. I really hope everyone did listen. I did have a couple of people reach out to me over the past few weeks and actually thank us for talking them off the ledge and for just all you know picking it up, picking them up in rookie drafts. It's unbelievable well, what he's that's doing. That's why our our off season program was so good about oh, bringing fantastic. people on, talking about those. Yeah. And then you go on Twitter, and and I had to do this as well talk people yep. off that edge where they're like well i saw he had a bunch of drops and such and such said this and i'm like just just yeah turn tone it it's down true. you know we get so excited in the off season that this season feels so short right can you believe we're seven weeks in you know, know. It, it goes I so know. fast so we want to have that perfect roster i didn't mean to cut you off with that but i was like that yeah. that's why we do this you know and so that's great for sure and i the one thing i was kind of watching out for with chase and we talked about this as well in the off season was all right you got t higgins there who also kind of looks like an alpha and you got tyler boyd who tore it up last year so it's a lot of mouths to feed then you watch joey b throw for over 400 yards and his his key key guy really was chase and there was enough for all of them i mean t higgins was still getting his tyler boyd's actually the one that's really taking a hit and uh you know azuma has kind of yeah. shown up on the scene as making <laughs> some big plays that's an exciting team in general, Cincy right now, and that offense. Uh, so Chase hitched to Joe Burrow as well, I think really does help his his overall value. I, I do have Tyreek still at number two, and, mm-hmm. and that's the guy that I had in the top spot. Yeah, he is older, but that's okay for wide receivers. He's just such a difference maker. We all know that. He is hitched to Mahomes. And so I do still like his ceiling as being higher than – I'm Justin Jefferson, in my opinion. Uh, I do have Jefferson right there, though, at, at my number three spot. And then we, we talked about A.J. Brown. I actually really like Monk's tier, those top four guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, th- those those guys are incredible. And anywhere I have those guys in my rosters, you just feel great about it. And I will make this point again. I really am at the point, And I'm a running back guy. You know that, right, <laughs> Mike? But those, those guys, I mean, really – have now kind of convinced me maybe I should with my top overall pick a wide receiver in a startup right now. I mean, take take a, an opportunity there where you get, you know, you end up trying to get Jamar Chase. Maybe, you know, it, you might be able to get A.J. Brown in the second. You might be able to get C.D. Lamb in there. And then you start, then you, you form a foundation where it's like you could start getting two, three, four guys. And I know that sometimes when we start out in, in, draft season we look at it and we're like yeah but there's only so many running backs you know and if you can't get one of them big ones in the beginning you know it, i feel like that's such a way to go jamar chase has moved himself up to like that 104 range in one quarterback league now i mean yeah that's and i know yeah. i know i'm gonna get some harassment because last week or two weeks ago i was saying how tyreek hill is the wide receiver one in dynasty yep he was but when the guy <laughs> the guy behind him is putting up the exact same amount of points and he's six years younger you can't discount no that. You know, there's a certain point where you're like, that was a nice game for Chase. Yeah, that was another really good. Okay, he is here. You cannot debate it. He is go- He. We knew the talent was there. He's the guy. Um, Mung, AJ Brown had a coming out party, right? I think there was some buy low windows in there where in Smash Except, he's been traded 19 times. No, he, he's getting, moving around. Yeah, he's all over the place. He, he came out. He's finally healthy. There shouldn't be any question marks there. I mean, he looked really good. And Julio just continues to be banged up. Yeah, I, I want to go back to the old guys for a second. I have a question for both of you. Let's say that right now you have Cooper Cup and you're a contender, right? And somebody offers you Devontae Adams for him straight up. What are you doing? I take it. I, I know what you're saying. And that, like yeah, I, to go it. with that question, what I was going to say is, the way Cooper Cup has played with 56 receptions, 809 yards, nine touchdowns, and and I, I said after his second or third game, someone made an offer, and I'm like, this is a player who can't go up in value, you know, just because it's like, there, but he should, right? Like he is, Cooper Cup's what, 27? You know, 28. 28. 28. Okay, so it's mm-hmm. like. It, it, it's keep hard. waiting for the regression. And it just never comes. It it's is like not. He, I saw a thing. He's actually put it on pace for a better season than Calvin Johnson ever had with Matthew Stafford, which is just crazy, right? Wild. But I mean, I would rather have Devonte Adams, but I, 
I see what you're saying to start that debate because Cup's going to be with Stafford again. But I, I just question. Devontae Adams has won me so many championships that he's a special piece in my heart. Where my first ever article was about Cooper Cup, and he started out. If you guys remember, I think it was in 2016 or 2016, 2017. He balled out for the first seven or eight weeks of the season. He was the wide receiver one and just fell off. Now, obviously, Stafford wasn't there, but that, that's a good one to talk about. I'm personally still taking Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, look, third in target share, number one in red zone targets among wide receivers. He's basically Devontae Adams on a different team. And, and yeah. you know, as you said, he's going to be staying with Stafford. We know, yeah. you know his contract is tied there versus Adams and Rodgers. John, what about you? I really would consider it for competing teams. I think that what you have to ask yourself is just like the overall market value of those two guys still favors Devontae Adams just a bit. I think if you look at most rankings, but for those savvy managers out there, I mean, Cup is absolutely worth considering just absolutely on fire. And so, yeah, I mean, I would absolutely have to consider it depending on, on the team. Uh, Love Cup. I, I, I think it's going. Out, I think yeah. it's worth going out there and doing. I mean, because most yeah. people, if you look at their rankings, I mean, Clay has Adams at two and Cup at twelve, and I feel like that's probably where most people have him. You know, people have Cup as a fringe wide receiver one. He's balling out. You know, if you're in that situation where you're, you might not feel like you you're all the way in, or you know, you make a move mm-hmm. where you trade Devonte Adams for Cooper Cup plus. I think that's something that you could definitely do here. Yeah, and, you know, I, I texted you earlier with my prelim rankings. I had Adams at five and Cup at six, and the more I yeah. think about it, I think Cup's at five and Adams is at six for me. Do you have Cup Live in the Smash Accept Justice. League? Maybe we'll make a trade here. No, <laughs> no, sadly not. But I, I, all I'm saying is if you have Adams and you can get anything on top of Cup for him right now, that's mm-hmm. something I would Right on, Mom. That's good advice. Good advice. Yeah, yeah I, I, I have to brag, just a humble brag. I have a roster – this week, I had Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, and A.J. Brown all on the same team. <laughs> Those three guys outscored my opponent alone. Yeah, that's over 100 right there, man. That's nasty. That's yeah, great. Incredible. That's, Good is, is there anybody else worth debating in that top section? I mean, you know, like, obviously, D.K. Metcalf, DK. you know, yeah. I mean, he's got 530 and six receptions, and I feel like people are CD. acting like – and, and Lamb's been frustrating for me. You know, like he, you guys know I love him, but he's, he's in that same range 500 yards and four touchdowns. And both of these guys, I feel like people are like Metcalf, everybody wanted to make him the dynasty wide receiver one. And then he's having a good season. It's not, a, it's not the same kind of numbers as these other guys up here, but he's obtainable now. And CeeDee Lamb's obtainable now, where that, yeah. they're not. Jamar Chase is the new hotness, right? So those guys start mm-hmm. to come off that a little bit, and I think you could probably get that plus. Um, yeah, I do have – I would say I would have, I have CD pretty clearly above DK. Yeah. I'm just going all initials here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, CD, CD, I think, has got more mid- to long-term value. I mean, look at DK's situation without Russ. I mean, Russ may be leaving town. Yeah. It, it, it really does appear like that may happen. And – he, he almost is starting to look like he is a, just a bit dependent on the big play. And so there's, there's some risk there. I, again, you still bet on the talent, but that's why I have those other guys a bit above DK. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, watching I mean, him with Geno Smith, it's not really fair to him. It's not. Least. It's not. But he's still putting up numbers. I mean, you look, he yeah. at 26.8 in the game where, where Russ went out, 11.8 in the next one, 17.6. You know, he's still getting – He's still getting 50 to 100 yards every yeah. single game. He's still going out there and doing Unbelievable it. Unbelievable talent, yeah. It, yeah, exactly. And I think Geno realizes that he needs to look that way, even though I'm not going to try to say Geno Smith's a good quarterback or anything like that. But let's move on to the tight end position just to kind of keep things rolling there. Anything else either of you guys want to talk about with wide receivers? I mean, there's been so many guys to talk about. Debo Samuel is the wide receiver six. Hollywood Brown, or Debo's five. Hollywood Brown's six. Mike Evans never gets enough love. I mean, he's... 500 yards and seven touchdowns, and you could probably get him for just one first and a throw-in type player. I've been trying to get him everywhere, you know, and every I I own him everywhere, but I'm trying to get him in all those other leagues. Um, you know, Mike yeah, Williams I, has been fun. Yeah, I'll throw I'll throw a question out there, but is Debo Samuel now in in consideration to be a wide receiver one in Dynasty top 12? You no. have Debo somewhere in that range. 
Not for me. Just because how many years, this is his third year, you know, he's a little bit older, and mm -hmm. the fact that he has not done it before. I mean, he has not been able to be on the field, and that's been the biggest problem for him, is just hasn't been able to stay out there yeah. on the field. I mean, Mung, what do you think? So, my answer is technically no, but I've got... You have a 13? You have a 13? Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's hard yeah. to argue against the production. I mean, he's become that clear X receiver in Shanahan's offense. He's being used creatively behind the line of scrimmage as well. We know he's a yards after the catch machine. And look, I continue to... I know that, you know, Shanahan's starting to get some hate because of just how awful the Niners have looked, but... I still have faith in Trey Lance, and I think that this offense still has the potential to go absolutely nuclear once Lance gets a few starts under his belt. Yeah, I would, I I agree. would love that. that. That's, that's part of the ceiling scenario for Debo. And remember when we did see Trey Lance, Debo looked really good. He got a mm -hmm. lot of action with Lance. So, yeah, I think that he is starting to kind of creep up there, but he does have to stay healthy. I just I, – man, that ceiling scenario scenario for Debo is playing out this season so far. It's been yeah. fun to watch. Mung, I'm going to ask you this because we're in the same area here. Are, are we throwing out offers for Brandon Ayuk? I mean, we got we, it's been a complete disappearing act, and we were all kind of kind of big on him because he's what we wanted. Debo's what we wanted him to do, right? That's what we wanted him. Are we throwing out some offers there? I mean, have you guys been seeing things on Twitter? Have you guys been in, involved in any trades, seen any trades? Because I feel like he's completely forgotten. And, and now to a point where people are bringing up Dante Pettis, because Dante Pettis had, you know, he balled out when he first came in. And now he's on the Giants scoring points. You know, and it's like, what are we, is Shanahan, is Shanahan such a genius that we're able to like draft these guys and it's not happening? Or are we starting to question that a little bit? Yeah, and I don't think that you're buying him if you're contending because I, I don't know that it's going to happen without a Debo Samuel injury or you know something, perhaps a trade, although I don't envision the Niners moving him uh, this early in his career. Uh, I, I think I'm buying. I don't know if I'm paying a first right now. Um, I know. I was going to ask that. Can, a second? I can get and... for a second, yeah. yeah, I think he's worth sure. a shot. Um, because like we said, right. for the same reason that we're hesitant to put Debo Samuel in that clear top 12, is because of his injury history. Yeah. So, you know, that it could just be, you know, a hamstring strain away from Brandon Ayuk wide receiver one season, right? So I, I do think he's a buy low right now, but there's enough risk where maybe we never, you know, have him see the light of day again with Shanahan where I would not pay a first round rookie pick. Now, I'm not just saying this because I just traded for him, but I'm, I'm here, DeAndre Hopkins is obtainable at this point, you know, and DeAndre Hopkins where people say he hasn't broke 100 yards this year, you know, he's not getting the same target share, still 420 yards and seven touchdowns. John, Hopkins, I know somebody yeah. near near and dear to your I heart. Love Nuke. Yeah. I mean, what what is fair value to go out there and buy Nuke? I mean, what I did today was Brandon Cooks, a first mm -hmm. and a third, you know, for, for DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like that's a kind of move that I would that's make great. all day long. Um because I feel like DeAndre Hopkins, the way he's taking care of his body, the way he has been mm -hmm. healthy his entire career, could be a guy that plays Larry Fitzgerald type, you know, where he could play right now he's 28, turning 29. He could play till he's 32 and still put up solid numbers, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. I love Nuke. I, lo I thought you had great value. I mean, that those kinds of deals where, um, you know, it's a couple of firsts, if you can um, – shoot a couple of firsts or a first in, in a, an asset or two, package something. I was a little jealous. I mean, I really love Nuke. So nice job on that one. He um, really hasn't – they haven't needed to throw to him a ton. They haven't really been playing from behind. I mean, obviously they're undefeated. But remember, he's the clear top guy with Kyler. He's got the contract. And he's, he's definitely got the longevity to your point. He just doesn't seem to uh, – I mean, I, th I feel like the stats are he like never misses a game. Right. He's like never. on the injury report a lot and he grinds it out and he always seems to be open, balls out, makes the big plays. He does everything you want. Um, so, yeah, he's a guy that I, I think for sure is a good um, buy right now because just because the overall volume has just been slightly down, um, obviously he's getting the touchdowns and I, and I think that that could probably continue in that offense. The other guy, Mung, I definitely want to talk about is Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is a wide receiver 24 right now, and people are discounting him. They're moving him way down. 
at the Tennessee game, he put up 24 points. You know, he's had one game outside above or below 15 points. He's been right there, but just with some of these other big names and people doing things, Stefan Diggs is starting to get a little bit more discounted out there. I mean, you know, Emmanuel Sanders was catching all the touchdowns, but if Stefan Diggs catches two of those, you know, six or seven that Sanders has, I think we're talking about a different type of value here with Stefan Diggs. Yeah, and I think Diggs and Hopkins are easy to talk about in the same breath because mm-hmm. their issues right. are very similar, right? Because both are on high-octane offenses, but the difference between 2020 and 2021 is that these quarterbacks have evolved a little bit where the offense is actually better when they don't hyper-target their number one guys. Now, that isn't to say they're not still seeing large target shares, the primary difference is that it's not quite as insane as they were last. It's a great season. point. Yeah. So yeah. I do think both are by lows to an extent, but keep in mind that DeAndre Hopkins is the oldest of this bunch that we've been talking about. Uh, I think he's got mm-hmm. a year or two on digs. So, you know, Hopkins is down in that wide receiver nine, 10 range for me now in dynasty. I think, you know, to your guys' points, he'll be fine. I just don't know that he's going to be quite in that elite tier at this point. One other wide receiver I want to talk about, because we talked about Debo as that fringe wide receiver one, is just going to give you targets here and see if you guys can tell me who this is. 10, 12, 13, 13, 14, 14, over his, over his last seven games healthy. It sounds like maybe DJ Moore or... Um, Deontay Johnson. Oh, Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson, okay. Johnson yep. when healthy, and, it, and it's not the prettiest... But the guy just gets absolutely peppered. And he is, he's been putting up numbers where I feel like he's one of the cheapest wide receiver twos out there because people look at it in a similar fashion that they used to with Jarvis Landry, right? Where he's just catching passes. You know, he's not doing anything spectacular. Because on the season, I mean, he has, right now, he only has one receiving touchdown. But again, or two rece- three receiving touchdowns. I'm sorry, I can't read. <laughs> I had to get my readers out again, Monk. You know, I'm getting a little older here after 40. But, I mean, I, I've been trying to acu- acquire him in some trades where a lot of people are really frustrated with, with Allen Robinson, you know, and I feel like I've been trying to put Allen Robinson in a little bit to get a Deontay Johnson. Add a little bit to Deontay Johnson if you want, but let's talk about Allen Robinson because – before I accepted that Brandon Cooks for, for DeAndre Hopkins deal, I got an Allen Robinson for Brandon Cooks offer, and I rejected it. And that feels so wow. weird, right? Because wow. we're just like, Allen Robinson is an absolute stud. But I saw you know, I, I, Yahoo put an article out today where I think it was Andy Barron said, if he does not post double-digit points this week, he's, he's droppable in redraft. I mean... Th- that's that's insane because Allen Robinson has been the staple of consistency. And we were saying this is going to be his arguably his best year because he's going to get some good quarterback play. But it, it has been so abysmal there in Chicago. What, what can we do with Allen Robinson? You, you got to hold, right? You can't, you can't sell for pennies on the dollar, but he's 29 years old. I think you do need to be a little bit patient because keep in mind, I mean, he could be... 28, sorry. Um, yeah, he could be moving this offseason somewhere else with a much better situation. And he always seemed to put up numbers year after year yeah. without the good QB. It's, it, I mean, I don't want to talk down on, on the Bears in front of Mong, but, uh, you know, I think that it's a little bit dysfunctional right now. They don't seem to really have an identity much on offense. And so I think that um, if you can be patient on A-Rob through for the, some of this season, yeah. He's, he's worth the hold. I mean, it's just not the time to be selling a Rob. Well, and it's it's a weird situation where if you're in a retool, I think I think Allen Robinson is got to be a buy, right? I feel like you can move one of these guys, one of these veterans that are putting up more points because he could get traded before the November second deadline. If not, he is a free agent, and there's no way they're slapping the franchise tag on him again after this kind of you know this kind of season. But we've seen it year in and year out where he's been that fringe guy. Mung, anything to add there with Allen Robinson? I mean, I'm getting so many questions about Allen Robinson. People are like, should I trade him for? And then some of the names I get are, I'm like, what? Like, you know, you, you get names and you're like, I, I can't say yes to that. But it, it just gets crazy. Yeah, and I would value him similarly to Brandon Ayuk, right? Both of these guys who we think or at least, you know, feel that they're good players, 
Um, so ideally you're holding and you're not selling low, but at the same time, I don't know that I'm aggressively buying. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that I would pay a first for Allen Robinson right now no. because like you said, you know, he is going to be 29 years old heading into next season. And we know that wide receivers can sometimes struggle when they move to new teams, having to learn the playbook, build that chemistry with a new quarterback. So, you know, he doesn't have all that long to really rebound with his dynasty value before he hits 30 and then his values, you know, very much on the fritz. So, yeah, I mean, I think he makes sense for a rebuilding team, but at the same time, you know, he's a risky buy right now. And really you're hoping to hold and then maybe he gets traded over the next week or two. Um, But that doesn't sound likely either given the bears management. So it's just a tough situation right now. And really, you know, it's, it's, not good if you have them, but, uh, you know, there's not much you can do. Sometimes you just have to hold. Yeah. And it, well, let's, let's move to tight end. I really, I feel like the quarterback is going to be a fun debate. So let's try to keep the tight end one a little bit close. You know, we all have, uh, well, John, you and I both still have Kelsey as one, but with what Kyle Pitts has done, you know, it's yeah. like, if you're drafting today, you're, st- I, I'm drafting Kyle Pitts over, over. Travis yeah, I kind of get it. You know, I, and it's I'm, like, I'm a little stubborn on Kelsey, I guess. I just love the guy so much. So here's one thing I want to, I want to put out there, you know, and it was like with the amount of times he's lining up as a true tight end, if Kyle Pitts gets changed over to wide receiver next year, is this changing the value? You know what no, I mean? We, we have to look at this complete. We have to look at it because he is not lining up at tight end. You know, he is basically a wide receiver right out there. They haven't changed Kelsey's designation. I'm just saying if that ever happens, we definitely got to think of that. But if he stays at tight end, he's clearly, once the season's over, nobody can debate he's the tight end one. You know, you can't, you can't say going into next year, John, that you're going to take, you're going to take Kelsey over Pitts if we're getting to a draft. I really can't argue with you on it. And, and yeah, if I'm doing a startup um, anytime for the remainder of the season, Kyle Pitts should be really the, the first tight end off the board. Incredible what he's doing. I, I thankfully have him on a couple of teams. It's been fun watching his progression already. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Atlanta um, next year, but I, you know, they they're going to make him the focal point most most likely over time. I just um, still kind of revere Travis Kelsey, and even at the age yeah. of thirty two, I just really feel like he will continue to produce. He has signed through 2025, hitched to Mahomes, mm-hmm. one of the most consistent fantasy assets at any position. And we just haven't seen anything close to that kind of consistency from, from Pitts. I mean, it's really not fair to him. Um, so I, that's kind of why I still throw Kelsey out there as the number one dynasty tight end. But it, it, to oh, your point, it really should be Pitts, though. Yeah. It really should be Pitts. Yeah. Now, you know, Mung, you have Pitts at one. Still holding on to, to Kittle at two. And, and, John, you and I both have Waller mm-hmm. at three. There's mm-hmm. some injury concerns there for both of them. I mean, Kittle's injuries are just piling up like crazy. You know, and we, we there's no debate the talent there. But both of these guys, obviously, a little bit of injury concern there. TJ Hawkinson's kind of been up and down. You know, we all have him in that top five as well, respectively so. I mean, it's like the Lions are <laughs> – you watch the first half and they're Swift – because I have Swift and Hawkinson on so many teams. You're like, oh, they both got three points. Well, there's slop time. It's coming. You know, <laughs> and it happens nonstop. Jared Goff's just like, oh, here's a three-yard out to – to Swift, here's a five-yard slant to to Hawk, and that's basically how it is. The guy that I want to talk about, you know, and on top of this is Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is secretly having a fantastic tight end season, and he's still kind of discounted. I mean, right now he is he is the tight end two when it comes to you know when it comes to fantasy football, and I feel like he's not being valued anywhere close to that, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just because his um, production has come from a couple of huge games, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like the, the Tyler Lockett effect that we've seen in prior years where, yeah, it's great when Mark Andrews goes off, not so much when he goes for, you know, two catches for 45 yards on a given week. Um, but overall, Baltimore is throwing the ball more. Um, their defense, which is dealing with some injuries, is forcing them into some of these shootout game scripts. So, yeah, I, I think he's definitely, you know, still in that top two tiers, the 1A, 1B, however you want to parse mm-hmm. them out. But, you know, you talked about how Mark Andrews is the number two scoring tight end through seven weeks and being undervalued. I'll, I'll throw out Mike Kosicki, who's the yeah. number three tight end 
through seven weeks and he's still being treated as a, you know, back end tight end one. And, you know, he's leading all tight ends and slot snaps and he's a free agent. So depending on where he goes, he could go to a pass happy team and just keep this production going. And I think that he needs to be in the conversation for top five. He's he's an athletic freak for sure, you know, and it, it's been it's been nice seeing his evolution. The other guy, John, you messaged me where you know Waller was the only guy health. Waller was the only guy I had that wasn't on buy on my one team, and then he was out. And I said, well, I own Waller on nine teams, and I have Zach Ertz as my backup on all nine. And it was it Zach Ertz came in, and I yeah, mean he he's well. he's had back to back really nice looking games with that Arizona mm-hmm. offense. Speaking of the Arizona offense, Mung, you know, John and I both have Mahomes still at QB1. You've made the jump. You got Kyler in that number one spot. Talk to me a little. Yeah, I mean, it was between Kyler or Tom Brady, so I, I went with the younger guy. But... <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. Hey, well, Tom Brady so at least hooked up the, uh, the guy with a little bit of Bitcoin, right? I mean, my man gives away that 600th passing touchdown and uh, asks for $1,000 at the team store. Come on, bro. You, you, you got a winning lottery ticket. You don't want to look what it's worth. You know, that's like, oh, I won the Powerball tonight. I don't want to see what it's worth. Anybody want to give me $100 in NFL jerseys? You know, $1,000 in NFL jerseys? Uh, you know, I can't argue with that. I cannot argue with putting Kyler up there. I still have Mahomes as my one, you know, and I, I, I feel like I still have Josh Allen as my two. You know, and I, I Josh Allen, 15 touchdowns to only three interceptions. 214 yards on the ground. Kyler, you know, 17 touchdowns, five interceptions. I feel like those three guys and and Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson is the is the QB four and really on pace to almost throw for 5,000 yards, which for him is just insane. Or up over 4,000 some have the best year of his career. I don't think you can argue with any of those guys in your top five, John. Yeah, I kind of just want a piece of all of them. Like if I'm in ten drafts. Yeah, I'm going to split it up. Three Mahomes, three Josh Allen, three Kyler Murray, if I possibly can. I, I the one thing that I just kind of get concerned with Kyler is just the size. I mean, he's just a little Ewok running around <laughs> out there, and you're just worried. That's Zeke. That Zeke looks, looks like, like an Ewok. <laughs> Have you actually guys seen the meme of uh, Kyler Murray as an Ewok? It's no, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, definitely take a take a look at that one. Wait, but you guys um, both you guys both have yeah. Dak at. at at five, yeah. I have Justin Herbert. I mean, I've loved what I've seen from Justin Herbert. You can argue Joe Burrow's kind of looked like he's got to be up in that area. The one guy that just keeps, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's still obtainable just because of his age and his past is Matthew Stafford. He's the QB six right now. Yeah. And he's bowling out there. 19 mm-hmm. touchdowns, four interceptions, and he's just insane yeah. value. If you can go out and get him, these guys mm-hmm. are not obtainable. The guys we're talking about the guy, the other guy who is, is, is the one and two, right? Tom Brady is the QB one and Jalen hurts is the QB two. And those guys are still obtainable in dynasty where I, I saw today, someone posted a mid 22 first in Superflex and a 22 second. And Twitter was absolutely smashing the mid first side versus Jalen hurts. And I feel like with what we've seen so far, I don't think the Eagles are not backing off Jalen Hurts. It hasn't been pretty, but it has been safe. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of like a Twitter narrative that I'm not sure is really going to play out that way in real life. Yeah. And as long as he's still playing there, he's he's a great fantasy QB. So I think for, just take advantage of some of the, the narrative that might be out there about his future, in my opinion, Yeah. and, and see if you can get him at a value. Yeah, and if, if there's teams in that mid-range right now, they're 4-3, and 3-4, three, three and four, and they have Tom Brady, throw a first there now. You know, two years ago we were saying, go buy Tom Brady for a, a late first, and you could. Now, it, you know, like you get to that age where, where people start looking at an age, right, and they're like, oh, man, Tom Brady's this age. He's not going to keep doing it. Go out there and make an offer, honestly. I mean, that's a game-changing type move where if you can get Tom Brady, you know, and and – get a little bit on top of some of these other guys you might not trust as much, some of those young up-and-coming players. Um, Mung, what would you be willing to pay for to get Tom Brady, you know, as, as well as let's in terms of picks? Yeah, look, I, this is going to sound crazy. and It's definitely not the right move for long-term value. But if I have a first and a second and a stack team with just, you know, one need at QB2 in Superflex, 
Uh, I'd pay that first and second for mm-hmm. Brady over Hertz oh, right now. I agree. Um, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I might just throw, remind everyone in the smash except initial draft, I traded Mong here a first to, to move up in the draft and, and take Brady. And uh, it looks like, I don't know. It looks like a baller move now. Did you not? And then we moved him though, right? <laughs> With another first to, to get Aaron Rodgers. So then Mung was like, ha ha. <laughs> that was a second, but yeah, that yeah. was just to like for longevity. Um, yeah. That's the only yeah. thing with Brady, right? It's just how much longer can this guy do it? Yeah, you know, like yeah, he's just he's only got like four or five years left. That's like- <laughs> <laughs> it's craziness. It's crazy. Fantastic. You know, and the top ten are who we thought they were. I mean, you know, it's Brady, it's Hurts, Murray, Jackson, they Mahomes, who Stafford, they were. Allen, Rogers, Burrow, and Herbert, right? But then. You know, I mean, Dak had the week off, so I mean, Dak's the next guy. Dak and Carr are in there, but I get a lot of questions this time of year where some guys that go out there and make offers for Kirk Cousins still seems to be the cheapest dude out there in Superflex. I traded Trey Sermon and a late second for Kirk Cousins in a QB needy team the other day, and I was I was loving it. Yeah, you know, Derek because Carr and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins thirteen touchdowns, two interceptions. Derek Carr twelve and five. Um, you know, and there's. The rest of the that that tween group, aside from Tannehill, is a little ugly. You know, I mean, it's Carson Wentz, it's Daniel Jones, it's it's Tyler Heineke, it's it's Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, and then your boy John Mac Jones had a little bit of a coming out here. His first three hundred yard game and two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I I think he's really. You could argue he's he's probably had the best rookie QB season he <laughs> so has. far. I mean, yeah. he, he looks like a gamer. He's. Look, I mean, all these guys, again, you have to be patient. It'll take time for them to open up the playbook. But Mac Jones is getting the job done on the field. And so, uh, you know, people keep asking, like, Mac Jones or Zach Wilson. I'm like, are you serious? Mac Jones. Always has been Mac Jones for me. Now, what what should we be doing with Trevor Lawrence right now? I mean, I don't own him anywhere because I didn't have the 101. But what are we willing to pay for him? I mean, we, you know, it's been a frustrating start here. The talent's undeniable, but I, I'm getting mm-hmm. questions. Apart, I'm getting questions on Trevor Lance or Trevor Lawrence. I'm getting questions on Trey Lance, and I'm getting a lot of like really, concerns really crazy Justin. concerns on Justin Fields. And yeah. we've been big on all three guys. Guys, help me out here. Talk him off the ledge, just like we talked him off the ledge with Jamar Chase. Are we jumping off the ledge? Yeah, I, I got stuff to say on all three of the rookies. Let's do it. Real quick, Let's uh, it, yeah. the, the tween names that you mentioned, I think Tannehill's a big buy for me, even oh, yeah. over Kirk mm, Cousins. Totally. Yes, um, thank he's you. He's starting to turn it on, and uh, we all know yes. how great Derrick Henry is, but we know that at some point Tannehill's going to throw for some touchdowns, and he ran one in this past week, too. We know he has some legs. As Agreed. Um, so he wanted to throw that out there. But, look, lightning round real quick. Justin Fields, he's been playing without – pretty much his first and second string offensive line. Um, that offensive line has been brutal. Uh, Matt Nagy's play calling and lately Bill Lazor's play calling. Uh, it doesn't really matter when your offensive line is just absolutely garbage. So yeah. I, I would not panic over Justin Fields, although I was not as high on him coming out uh, as Lance or Lawrence. Um, Lawrence has looked fine. He's, he's starting to use his legs more. We know that he can run as well, um, even though that's not really been talked about as much, but I think preach calm with all these guys, right? Trey Lance only had the one start uh, through for less than 200 yards, but he was, you know, an inch away. He got stopped on the goal line because two defenders tackled him at the same time Uh, with that one rushing touchdown, even with a brutal day as a passer, he would have been a top 12 fantasy quarterback that week. So no worries long-term just yet about any of these three. If you drafted them, you know, you weren't immediately expecting them to be absolutely elite. So, yeah. you know, quarterback, the, the quarterback position, not everybody can be Justin Herbert, right? Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, I think it, it's definitely patience. Got to wait on these guys. I still haven't really adjusted my rankings a whole lot. I always had Lawrence and Lance a little bit higher. Um, I I am a bit concerned on Justin Fields, just a little bit, but agree with what Monk said there. And, and again, we talked about Mac Jones, and then it's like a little, little further down there. He's somewhere. Zach Wilson. Love it, guys. Hey, great podcast. You know, it's been enjoyable. Seven weeks in, you know, and I, I'm just pumped for these last couple of weeks here. John, 
what do you got going on? And, uh, you know, why don't you, you know, tell us exactly what you're excited for this week? Yeah, this is just uh, another reminder. Just enjoy fantasy. Have fun. Enjoy each week that you have. And, uh, you know, go go make some trade offers. Mix it up. Have some fun with your teammates uh, or your, your league mates, I should say. And, uh, and, and that's really, again, what we're always here. That's why we do these pods is to really kind of help the community out there and help you with your trades, help you with your rosters and lineups. That's what I love. Um, and, and just kind of soak it up each week. I, so I started it off with uh, beast mode quote. And I'll, so I'll close with another Marshawn Lynch quote here. Take care of y'all chicken. Take care of y'all bodies. Take care of y'all mentals. Dude, I think that that's should it. be our. I think that should be our normal close the rest of the way. That's just that's good stuff. I love it. You and I have talked on the phone about that. I mean, enjoy this, you know. And it's easy to say because we're winning all the time. No, but seriously, guys, enjoy fantasy football. Enjoy watching the game, you know, and make those decisions, and then let it go. Put your phone away. Put your computer away. Watch the football, and you're going to be surprised. You know, several years back, I used to be like on my phone every like, oh, oh, that guy got a touchdown. Where am I at? Where am I at? Just watch it. Have fun enjoy it mung what's going on with you yeah i mean you know you guys can find all my stuff over at fan tracks uh and then on twitter at ffa underscore mung that's m-e-n-g and really uh you know we talk a lot about specific trades and specific player values but in general too you know some general advice in terms of dynasty trading there are days when i send out you know 10 to 12 dynasty trade offers and there are days where i send out none right it depends on evaluating your team, whether you really need to make moves for, for a couple teams, or if you think, you know, I just need McCaffrey or Chubb or Hunt back from injury in a couple weeks, and, you know, I'll ride it out. I'll be, I'll be fine if I make it to even five and five, right, in a couple weeks. So really just evaluating your own rosters, how many points your team's scoring from week to week, and then, you know, making those calls as you go along. So good luck out there. Yeah, that's smart. I do that every Tuesday, right? Tuesdays are one day of, we got waiver Wednesday, we got football on Thursday, you know, we got busy lives on the weekends. Every Tuesday, it's like, assess that team and see where you're at and make those minor tweaks. And I love that. That's great advice, guys. So thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process.